Hi, guys. Oh, my God. My cat just came All right. Sylvia, you're in forever now. Are you staying in here or are you leaving again in two minutes? She's like, Mom, I'm cute. (laughs) She is. Uh, Anyways, thank you guys for being super duper patient with us. And welcome back to I Minored in Art History. Yeah. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Nisa. I minored in art history. I didn't do that. But we're still friends. But Jocelyn is infinitely better than me, as we've, oh, I don't as know about we've that. described. I don't know about that one. But you know, that you. extra degree really shows something about her. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a degree. It's like she glows from the inside out. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the minor is not a degree. Yeah, it's a thing, you know. It's, I mean, it's an educational It was part of the accolade. degree, but yeah. Yeah, it's all wrapped. See, I'm not even educated enough to know <laughs> what a degree is. Oh, no. <laughs> Nisa makes like three times more money than me, though. Shh, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> Speaking of, though, I did apply to get promoted, so we'll oh. see. I haven't had my interview yet. Is it like three times the pay? <laughs> <laughs> more like 50 cents an hour more. Oh, so then you can come on a great big 30th birthday trip with me this I, year. Well, I don't know if I got the job yet, but if if I do, maybe <laughs> I might be able to swing that. Even really? I hate open water. You hate open water. We're not. Yeah. Is, is it going to be open op- over open water? A cruise? Oh yes, yeah. Okay, the cruise. Yeah, I was talking about the trip to Japan, but that's. Oh no, we're. That I can't swing that ever. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. I, I can't swing that ever, Jocelyn. I'm too poor. All right. So next year. <laughs> That's what you're saying. I, I don't really have an extra thousand dollars just laying around. It's gonna be a lot more than that with food well, included. Th- that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, you guys, it's been months. Months. So many months. So much has happened in these months. Yeah. Yep. Do, do we want to reveal any of what's happened to our listeners? I'm going to give it like a, a breakdown in the order of like least fun to like most fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I broke up with a guy. Big shocker. Um, and I think I just introduced him in the last one. So this, yeah. is, like, this is a pattern for me at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've named him. I'm not sure if I did or didn't. I Honestly, I don't remember. I haven't listened to uh, our last yeah. episode in quite some time. He was a bum. Case in point, I I I just have a bad picker, Jocelyn. Lately, I mean, you know, can I can I be mean though? Yeah. When I first saw him, I was like, "This guy is a homosexual." He he is though. I actually think he might be. I, I mean, was like, who is this homo? I literally did that when I saw him tagged. <laughs> when I saw him tagged in your Instagram stories. I went to his page. I'm like, who the fuck is this homo? Yeah, he's a homo. I mean, not that that's bad. It just he had little like he he was like a little moon faced, you know, like a little bit like yeah, too too like apple pie looking yeah. for me. I need well, a little spice. Yeah, and that's what I was yeah. like. Why is Nisa dating this like pasty boy? Right, like he like was, he's so white. He was actually legitimately like not good looking enough for me. I agree. I just, like, said that. I mean, I hate to be a dick, but like, and I don't usually cho- and clearly I don't choose people based on looks, but like, no, but I literally said that. I was like, this guy's not hot enough for Nisa to date. He's not. Not in any way. <laughs> nope. And what's what's tragic is he was so up his own ass that he would frequently say that his ex-wife was not hot enough to date him. 
And I'm like, you're one to talk. In my head, I'd be like, I was like, you're one to talk. Yikes. Oh, my God. The delusion on that. The fucking (laughs) delusion. Like, literally, only a Leo. Only a Leo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I say love you. Bye-bye. Good night. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. Um, Moving on, I updated my master bedroom. So now I have two full working bedrooms. Oh, fantastic. Getting a queen-size bed. I'm moving up in the world. Yes, bitch. And like now if anybody is in town, they can actually stay at my house and oh, yeah. I actually have a bedroom. Fuck you. Got my couch back. So now I have a couch and we'll be soon getting doors put on my house. Oh, um, Lisa has no doors anywhere in her house. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> my, my house is just open to the world. <laughs> That's why she's getting doors. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone's just walking in. <laughs> The crackheads next door coming through. It's not even the crackheads, the bugs. I mean, oh, that's really the, the pain bugs in the ass. too. Yeah, yeah, give them, yeah. Give them a squeeters <laughs> every day. Most squeeters. Dude, the mosquitoes we have here at this house are fucking bad. I was going to say, you live kind of in the area that's like Mosquitoville. Yeah, because Sawgrass Lake is down the street. Yeah, yeah you live in a park. Yeah. Mm. The mosquitoes here are massive. How do you, like, how do you get rid of them? You just have to put a bunch of bug zappers all around? I'm just simply die you just die <laughs> there is no way to get rid of them they had this thing that i saw on a tiktok once it was like a it was like a crazy bug attractor zapper thing and it would literally collect masses of mosquitoes that's wild but the the device was like a couple hundred bucks but uh. it, it like works so well like it kills like Interesting. It's a, it's like a mosquito extinctor, like it just Ooh. fucking like trash extinction the- level event. For mosquitoes. <laughs> it's catastrophic for the area <laughs> that this thing is put in. Um, so my friend that used to live here in this house, I can't remember if I've talked about this house or not because I don't remember if I was in this house the last time we recorded. When did we record? Dude, you now you weren't <laughs> moved in yet. Shit. Um. So Mike it was and January. I. January. Oh no, I was moved in. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was in the process oh, of moving okay, in. Okay, okay. Mike and I are in a house that my friend from college used to live in with her boyfriend. I don't know if I mentioned that before or not. If I did, you're hearing it again. Um. Anyway. It's so cute. It's a cute place. It is. I like it. The kitchen is just great size-wise. Like, we can both be in the kitchen and not be up each other's ass, and it's wonderful. Isn't that a revelation? It is. It's so nice. Like, we were actually both cooking different things for dinner tonight. And we were in the kitchen at the same time. And you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. It was a little tight over at the stove because he had like two different pans and I had a pan and then I had something going in the oven, but we made it work. Yeah. It was doable. Yeah. You weren't like flipping your lid. Yeah. I wasn't like, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because that's usually how I am. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. I wasn't agreeing. I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm saying like, yeah, as in like, yes, to the story. No, yeah, like, no, it's true. Yeah, Jocelyn's totally like that. I am. I'm a fucking bitch. <laughs> Everyone knows it, okay? I constantly get shit at work from my boss. You were just like, yes, I agree with you, Nisa. Yeah. No, you're right. It's true. You should say it. <laughs> okay. I own it. Yeah. Jocelyn's like that. I am like that. <laughs> um, but back to... What I was starting Sorry. to say like three minutes ago. I, it's okay. I do it to myself. Um, uh, excuse me. Holy shit. Yeesh. Oh, it tasted like edible. Um, <laughs> anyway, when I used to come over here to like 
do some like workout stuff with Boom when she was teaching me how to like skate and shit. We were doing like a little bit of cross training in the back because mm-hmm. there's like a little patio sort of deal. She had this, um, I don't even know what it was, if it was like a sound thing, but it was like this little box that she put out and it was supposedly like made like a, I'm making the shape of like a cone, not a cone. It was a like, circle, oh, a, a frequency sphere. thing yeah. for mosquitoes yeah. and bugs. Right. Yeah. They have that. I was, I was literally just looking at something similar today for wasps. Yeah. Because I... Whenever wasps in the in the vicinity, mm-hmm. you know me, I freak out over anything with a stinging needle on it. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't blame you. You know, flying needles, just not my thing. Yeah. And so, uh, like, I'm like, I can't do my vegetables. I can't, like, be outside right. and, like, take care of my veggie garden because there's fucking flying needles everywhere. Gotta get vegetabized. So I gotta put up this, like, frequency thing, but. Yeah. Yeah. Can dogs hear it? That's a good question. I don't know. I By the way, I got know. a dog. I was going to mention that on my list. <laughs> that was going to be the last one on my list. I, I interrupted. Yeah. As m- usual. Me, who should never get a dog because I'm a cat person, <laughs> has a dog now. But she's actually the best dog She's so ever. cute. I love her. She's she's a sweet dog. I, I I get lucky with animals. I'm I'm very fortunate with my animals. I think you're good at picking animals. You're not good at picking men. Let's just keep that trend. I prefer that. Yeah. <laughs> this works out. I have been leaning more into the lesbian pool, but I was telling, so yeah. I was telling this to uh, Ellie today when mm-hmm. uh, she helped me move out the couch um, from Fuckface's house. And he actually was chill. He didn't cause any problems. Shocking. I mean, he was causing problems consistently for the past two weeks, but like he didn't cause any problems today. Yeah. But. He also embarrassed himself by reaching out to both Ellie and Morgan both and sending these massive chain texts mm. and then deleting them. But like they still saw them and they were just texting me like, what the fuck is this guy on? Bro. And I'm like, I'm like, attention. That's what he wants. He wants attention. He's Morgan, a little fucking child. Morgan texted me the other day and was like, this guy is going nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he fully is. He's he oh, actually sweet. he's actually crazy, though, like. I don't trust him at all. I don't trust his behavior. Yikes. He would swing from calling me his new abuser because he has an old abuser. What? Yeah. He was like, he was like, you have said the worst things, the most hurtful things possible to me. And I'm like, yeah, because I've actively told you to get the fuck out of my face and you refuse to do that thing that I've told you you should do. And yet you're here. So as long as you're here, you're going to get how I fully feel about you being in my face when I have repeatedly fucking told you to not be in my face. I am literally aghast. Like, my mouth is agape. Yeah, but I'm the abuser. I'm the abuser. Because him being in my face when I've told him not to be is not aggressive behavior, according to him. What the fuck? Yeah, so I'm the new abuser. And so he would swing from calling me that and saying, like, all these things to, like, but I still forgive you and I still want to be your friend. And I'm like, I... I don't. What? what? You're not the one who gets to decide that. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. What no, fuck? he's fully fucking crazy. I had literally no idea. Yeah. He he went off the fucking deep end. Then I tell you, okay, here, I'm going to spill the till. Spill the tea spill at the Spill the till. All of the money till in the, the till. Tea. Put the money <laughs> in the basket. Uh, Yeah. So we broke up, right? Yeah. We broke up because I was brushing my teeth. Um, we had hung out with his 
his friend Sean, who you met, yeah. and like his new girlfriend. And we had a great time. We went to the beach. Everything was great. Um, he was acting kind of like a brat the whole day, but I like that's kind of his normal. And so I was just like, whatever. He kind of makes me roll my eyes a lot when I was like hanging out with him, even right. when I was dating him. Yeah. And halfway liked him. And so like then later in the day, like I said something to him because I was like a little bit like drinky and I was like, as you do. Yeah. I was like, you know, making an innuendo and he was like, ooh, ah, like, ooh, so we're going to have sex later. And I was like, yeah, like, I, I mean, it was earlier in the evening. Right. So then we get home. That's not happening because like as soon as I get home, I start twilighting. I don't feel good. I want to go to bed. Yeah. And I start doing everything I need to do to get in bed as quickly as possible so I can knock the fuck out. Because right. I had gone to the beach that day, too. Yeah. Which takes a lot out of you. Honestly, yeah. Being in the sun is exhausting. It is. And we were drinking after that, like, the whole night. Right. And his friend stayed until, like, 1030. And so I was like, oh, I, yeah, I was I'm like, I gotta go to bed. bed, like, right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for bed, like, now. <laughs> well, sorry about that. Sorry no. That. <laughs> I'm kind of joking. So he's in the room. He's... I I guess he's just pouting. He's just making faces and being. And I was actually like, I was fine because I had a good time with his friends. Like, right. you know, it wasn't. It was a nice day. I was just tired. Yeah. So he's just throwing a fit in the bedroom, being weird. And he goes, "I'm brushing my teeth." He goes, "I love you, I love you," and I like can't hear him. And then I walk in, teeth. and he goes, "I guess I'll just find my love somewhere else." Like as I'm oh walking into God. the room. Okay, James. Literally, like. Literally, that it's that type of behavior that is just from a 30 year old man that I don't fucking tolerate. No, it is like the throwing in your face of all of the care and love that you could possibly ever show this person. Yeah, because you have one thing that they want in the moment, they're gonna throw a fucking tantrum like a five year old. Yeah, like I don't have time for it. No. So I told him, like, I, I'm actively passing out because I yeah. have issues. And so in that moment, I was like, I was like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, it snapped me out of it because I was like so pissed that he would do that, number one, when I'm vulnerable. Right. And number two, because he's literally throwing a tantrum and stomping his fucking little tiny feet and being like, I wanted sex and I can't have it, so fuck you. Like, being that type of person. Yeah, literally James. The least attractive thing I could ever think of in my head ever. Exactly, yeah. And I was like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. And he proceeds to stay. And I'm telling him over and over and over again, get the fuck out, we're done, we're broken up. Get the fuck out, we're breaking up. And he won't leave to the to the point that I had to call the cops. Oh my God. I used the non-emergency number and I called them and I was like, I need just like a mediator over here because this guy will not get out of my house. And I'm giving them my information, mm -hmm. but it's the cops. They have caller mm -hmm. ID, right? Yes. So he's just confirming my name. Yeah. And he goes, is it N-E-Y-S-A? And I was like, oh yeah, that that's exactly right. And so Ryan hears him confirm it and he goes, yeah, that's the cops, right? Because he got my name correct right? based on caller ID probably. Yeah. And I'm, I literally just went like this and then the guy got super serious voiced on the phone and was like, we'll send an officer out right away. And I was like, well, it's and Ryan went know. like light speed after that. Like he just picks up all his shit. Wow. Yeah. I was like, get it's the nice, fuck out. It's nice to know that St. Pete PD is actually taking domestic disputes seriously, though. Well, that's the thing. is that I, 
I was explaining the situation as calmly as I could, but I was like, right. I just won't get out of my house. I've told him multiple times to leave, and it's like now three hours later, and he's still here. Yeah, and I can't like get him out. You could get him on harassment charges for that. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like he would have been thrown out of my fucking house. Like, yeah, doesn't live there. I've told him repeatedly to leave. Restraining order, yeah. even. I mean, they can't if arrest you wanted him. To. Well, that's the thing is that they told me to file a personal yeah. order of protection, and I was like, yeah, it's not to that level yet, but. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could. 100%. I have so much evidence against this guy to file a personal order of protection, right. and yet I'm the abuser. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it always is with people like that. That's, I can't. That's I've the been same. through this so many times. It's so fucking yeah. boring. That's what I told Ryan at one point. I was like, you're so... You're a fucking cliche. Dude. Yeah. You're so cliche. Like, you're not even interesting when you're trying to like right. be this guy. What? Your textbook fucking annoying. <laughs> show me something new yeah like well that's the fucking shit that james did to me he's like oh you treat me like a dog I'm like literally i just brought you fucking dinner on our couch yeah i'm treating you like a dog yeah in their heads they're just so wrapped up in being like a fucking victim like, yeah because if you ask them to do anything ask them to give any emotional like support or be a fucking independent human being capable of making their own decisions you're abusing them. You're hurting yeah. them. You're doing something bad to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's That was how this guy was. <sighs> yeah. I, I had to tell him to grow up I don't know how many times. And he like, and that's where he says I was abusing him. I was like, he's like, that's abusive language. Ooh. I was like, no, it's not. I was like, tell me one <laughs> thing that you know how to do on your own that you're independent of. And he would just list his job. And I'm like, no, oh, wow. everybody has a job, Ryan. That is a thing that people you have. You have to have that to survive the you capitalism. You have to have a fucking I have a job. It supports me. It supports this house. It supports my animals. Like, yeah. I support myself. Right. You do a job and you support yourself. And like, congratulations, dude. Like, everybody does this. That's like when I was over there right before you guys split and he was like made dinner and he was mm -hmm. like oh yeah i'm getting more confident in the kitchen i'm like you made stuff that a 10 year old should be able to make <laughs> i mean like it came and out good but this was the this was i almost said something and i think i did say something because he couldn't figure out how to make rice simultaneously while he was doing that he was leaning on me what to come in the kitchen at some point and i forgot um, to come in the kitchen and make rice for us for this oh, dish. Oh my god! We While he was busy. making that one dish, we were busy. Yeah, we were trying to set up the podcast <laughs> at that time, and it didn't work. But like, yeah, I yeah. The fact that he couldn't make one dish and one side dish, rice, rice is so uncomplicated. It's yeah. two one, dude. Yeah, like a cup of rice, two cups of water. Boil the water, put the rice in. You're done. Like, can't. You don't even have to let the water boil first if you don't want to. You can just do them at the same yeah. time. It was jasmine rice. You didn't have to let it boil. Holy right? shit. Yep. Oh, my God. Nope. He was a fucking idiot. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was... I should have broken up with him at, at this... Uh, I said I wasn't going to talk shit. I wasn't, I, I'm talking shit. I don't care. I can cut it if you want. No. I'm going to talk shit. <laughs> Fuck it. I talk shit every time, Jocelyn. I heard that you were talking shit and you didn't think that I would hear it. Except everybody knows they're going to hear it. <laughs> Be warned. Um, it's just, it's so, I think it's funny because there's so many women that will relate to this exact scenario. Like, oh, yeah. Teaching this, a guy how to do fucking everything. Literally, Just yes. because 
they're involved with you. Yeah. And they think that they're owed that kind of fealty to mm-hmm. you. Like it's just that's in, it's such a mental fuck. Like yes. because you care about this person, you want them to be successful and the marker of them being successful right. is your time and energy. And yeah. yet at the same time you're like why wasn't this person equipped when they came into this relationship yes like Like, why do you want me to be mommy and also girlfriend but like why am i mommy like why am i teacher why am i fucking sensei all the time yeah i had nobody taught me this shit i youtube videoed i i learned this knowledge through blood sweat and tears because i had no fucking choice like i hunkered down and did it yeah and i don't understand why a guy can't do that like, why it's not ingrained in them to be, like, self-sufficient. Problem solver, even. Right. To, exactly. To be a problem solver. And I, I'm not a problem solver in every area of my life. No, But domestically, I'm a problem solver. Like, right. because I've had no choice. Yeah. Like, I don't get... I don't know. I don't get it. I just I don't, don't I, either. It blows my mind. And then, like, the older I get, I the less tolerance I have for it. Right. Because just, it's ridiculous. It's also, I turn around and I look at the time and I'm like, you've had three decades. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like if you're 21, maybe you just got out of college. Like college is like an incubating period. We're all learning how to be independent people. I could see it. I could see how you'd fuck up, like not know how to, not having like a Rolodex of, you know, cooking in your background, how you would not be able to like, you know, know every in and out of every, you know, washer and dryer system that there is or even a dishwasher, because half the time in college you don't have a dishwasher. Like, I get that. Yeah. I get that. No, no, no. We're 30 years old now. <laughs> like, there is no fucking excuse. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I did not use a dishwasher until me and Bunny moved in together. Mm-hmm. But you figured it out, right? But, yeah, I mean, you just put the stuff in, you put the pot in, you yeah. hit go. Yeah, I, I painstakingly taught a man how to use a dishwasher at one point in time. so sorry. Yeah. It was tragic. And then he had the audacity because of he looked up some things about it once it broke and he didn't want to lean on me to fix it because he knew it would be a bad time. Uh-huh. And he figured out that I was loading the dishwasher incorrectly. And he was like, you know, you're supposed to load it like this. And I was like, this coming from the guy that I spent an hour teaching about all the buttons on the dishwasher. Right. And how to clean the filter in the dishwasher. Like, what? You're going to sit here and fucking lecture me? Like, I mean, great. Thanks for, like, looking up that YouTube video. But, like, go get fucked. Yeah, (laughs) really. Go go fuck yourself. Oh, God. The disrespect. It's like, no, no, no. Honestly. Yeah. Anyway, so Ryan bit the dust. uh, Poor guy. Rest Um, in piss, bitch. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. But that was my uh, experience. I I can't remember what we were... We were just catching everybody up. Yeah, I was going to talk shit about something else, but I think I forgot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all right. No need. It's a, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> it's Beauty and the Beast. Except I'm the beast. <laughs> I mean, aren't you both? And he's a simp. <laughs> uh, yeah, true, true, true. All men are simps for Nisa. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Gross. Yeah. Anyway, uh, me and Mike are doing great. I'm so happy to. I'm <laughs> thank I'm you. Glad. Me too. I I aspire. I aspire to. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks. Um, it took a lot of trial and error to find a 45 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> 
which actually he's turning 46 uh, this weekend. So by the time this comes oh, out, he'll be 46. Birthday, Mike. Happy birthday, yeah. Mike. Happy birthday, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not yet, but yeah. It'll also be our anniversary. Aww. Yeah. Two, what is it, two years? Or oh, no, it's only one year. One year, wow. A one year anniversary. Anniversary? Yeah, because that's how long we've been together. We got together on his birthday. What are you guys doing? Are you guys doing anything fun? <laughs> um, We <laughs> don't really have anything planned. Well, you got to go do something fun. Well, see, the thing is, he's got children, so... Um, oh, that's right. His daughter has like senior whatever. They're going to like Universal or some shit. So we might spend some time with her in the morning and then bring Josh back here because the children's mother has to work late. And yeah. Josh was a young boy and he shouldn't be alone by himself for that long. Joshua? Yes. Hi, Sylvia. Hey, little stinky. Were you okay. hiding under the bed? So anyway, um, he's going to a show tomorrow night, but <laughs> we don't actually have anything planned. Wow. I might make brownies. I don't know. Not, well, not special brownies, just regular brownies. I can tell that there's something super special secret you just can't say out loud because Mike's in the other room, I'm, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I appreciate your confidence in me, but no, <laughs> not even close. Oh my god, Sylvia! Like we went to the grocery store tonight to get stuff for dinner, and I was like, "Oh, do you want like an ice cream cake?" And he was like, "Meh, meh." I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, an ice cream cake, even at my twenty nine years, is like, meh. I mean, I love me a good ice cream cake. Yeah, is that your favorite? No, but it's a nice treat. What are you doing for your 30th this year? Um, 3-0, Jocelyn, coming up. <laughs> I think I'll just invite people over here and, and throw a big bit to-do. I mean, it's not going to be a big to-do, but it's Paul like, Pye. hey, come over. Come see my house. Yeah. Because apparently most of my friends haven't been over here. Well, you know, so. I will cook if you want me to. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks, niece. Well, I got them... Chef and hands. I know you do. I won't teach anybody anything, but <laughs> I do know how to do it fairly well. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Like my parents always had me come, like help make dinner and shit. Like yeah. growing up, like they'd be like, "Okay, you wash potatoes, you cut the potatoes, you wash the mushrooms, you cut the mushrooms." Yeah. I like, mean, that's pretty. Yeah, my mom did the same thing. I mean, mostly it was a little misogynistic because it was mostly the girls who were forced to help. But, right. I mean, it's still. It was a family thing. Yeah. Know? Like, my parents... Honestly, my dad cooks more often than my mom. Yeah, which Just, is like, great. in general. Yeah. You know? Um, and then Mike cooks more often than me. <laughs> because I don't feel like it. And uh, honestly, sometimes he's so codependent. He's like a freaking golden retriever. He's like, yeah, what can I do to help? What can I do to make you feel better? And I'm like, okay. Aww. Relax. <laughs> Like, oh, take it, take it down a notch. <laughs> well, and I have to like not lean into that because he'll be like, "Oh, you want that? I'll buy that for you." And I have to be like, "No, I don't need it." Yeah. So stronger will than me. <laughs> I just want I want somebody is... to like show up with something in their hand that I'd be like, "Oh, you'd actually want that thing." It is hard some days. I will say, 
Should we do our should we do our stories? Should we talk yeah, about Yeah, you know artists? what? We've wasted the people's time <laughs> too much with these past <laughs> few months and they're starving. They <laughs> want some So you you want to you want to tee us off? Sure. I can do that. I got a longer one. You so. got a longer one. I have uh I would say it's a decent length. And I didn't queue it up. But I'm getting it now. Okay. So, yeah. so this one, um, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I started doing this because I'm going to use it for a thing for work. <laughs> because I pitched to like one of my, like the head of you services. I was like, hey, so like when I was at this little fucking convention thing that you guys had me go to. They were talking about doing like an artist program and like, I think we could do that. We got some kids that really like art. <laughs> but I said it smarter and in an email. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> so then I asked the children on Discord what kind of artists they would like to learn about. And one of them was like, oh, Junji Ito. And I was like, oh, oh, that's a good idea. Because part of the program is like making art in that artist style. And I was like, oh, that's a good choice. A good choice. Um, and this is like a kid that I actually enjoy them coming to programs. So, <laughs> so a smart, well behaved kid. Yes, exactly. Rare bunch. Rare yes. bunch. Yeah. So, all right. So let's get into this shit. All right. Okay. So, Junji Ito. Mm hmm. Born July 31st, 1963. Wow. Like my parents' age. So. My, my mom was born in 1960. Whoa. Whoa. Boomers. Fucking boomers, dude. <laughs> fucking boomers, man. Uh, anyways, he was born in Sakashita, Gifu, which is now no longer called Sakashita. It's called something else, but I don't care. I like Sakashita better. Because it's got shit in it. <laughs> so he is considered Japan's most successful and lauded horror writer. Oh, he's a writer. A horror writer. He writes the mangas. He does the illustrations. Oh, I know this guy. Yeah, I thought you might. I know what you're talking about. I thought you might. That's why I was The balloon gonna... heads. Yeah. I know the balloon heads. I thought you might know a thing or two about him. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that now. She does. So I do mention that one later. It's, my... That's like the scariest fucking shit. I, yeah, I was like looking at some of the panels yeah. and I was like, holy shit, this is scarier than Bird Box. His horror stories are all created with a surreal, off-kilter, otherworldly eeriness. So his debut story, which is Tommy, was written when he was 24 years old. So just a few years younger than us. <laughs> he was 24? Yeah. That's like a whole century younger than us. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, God. Like not even in the same realm. 24? That was so yeah. long ago. Yeah. I feel like once you pass like 26, 27, like you are significantly older than like the early 20s people. Yeah. I feel like every year I've just gotten more and more decrepit <laughs> since then. Yeah. Same. <laughs> like I wake up and everything hurts. I'm like, mm. oh, boy, this is 30. 
delightful. Yeah, it's a big oof. It it does hurt. (laughs) It is. So I don't know if you know the story of Tomy or not, but I didn't until I I was writing this. If I do, I don't know it by name. Yeah, so basically it's a bunch of short stories where a young woman defies death and aging, and she drives the men who fall for her into madness. Which I thought you could probably relate to a little bit. I mean, fucking sick. (laughs) She sounds like a real badass, you know? She sounds like me. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Clearly I drive men into madness. I mean, you know. That's what we do. So despite its success, success, Tomy did not immediately project him into the world of famous writers and artists, so he worked for several years as a dental technician. Which, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta get by. Ito cites the influences of Kazuo Umezu, Hideshi Hino, and H.P. Lovecraft as some of the largest impacts on his work. Okay. According to JapanObjects.com, in interviews, he comes off as a mild-mannered, calm, charming, and sweet man who exists in remarkable contrast to the themes and content of his art and stories. They always do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he looks just like a normal dude, and he writes this, like, creepy shit. Imagine that. And draws the creepy shit. Imagine looking like a normal dude. I could not. <laughs> I could never look like a normal dude. Me neither. <laughs> so so I I listened to Drew Afulu, side note, mm-hmm. and I was listening to her... Uh, the comment section, which is her new podcast. And she said, like, one of her hardest insults was that she called a guy, like, she was like, you just look like a guy. You just look like, you know, a stock photo. <laughs> and he flipped his shit on her. Of course he did, because like, he's a mediocre man. Right, it's just like, like that's so funny and stupid. Like, if anybody <laughs> said that, I'd be like, yeah. Like, if somebody was like, you look like a stock photo woman, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> like, appreciate, maybe-ish. I don't know. I mean, like, I couldn't pick you out of a crowd if I tried. That's what that brings. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, well, great. I've got that strong NPC energy, you know, <laughs> I guess. And and she was, it was just, I just thought that was so, so funny. That's how, great. Like, you just look like a guy. <laughs> Imagine just being a guy. Imagine being Ito and just looking like a guy. <laughs> he does, though. <laughs> like, he's just a Japanese man. He is. And it's like, oh, like he worked with Guillermo del Toro. He worked on Death Stranding with Hideo Kojima. Like, yeah. And like in every scenario, he's standing there and people are telling him to get off set because he doesn't belong there. <laughs> Like, he's just this normal looking dude. Like, he's got glasses and he's just like, whatever. He's just the guy. He's just that guy. So I I love him. I'm in love with him. He seems like he's very down to earth and I like that about him. I'm going to marry Ito. Good luck. He's old. Meh. Doesn't stop you. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey, listen. My old man is not that old, okay? JK, love you, Mike. This man is, like, about to be 60. Shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) 
That was some low. This man humor. is turning fifty nine in July. Okay. What? That's so old. Exactly. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, that was lowbrow humor. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the people are here for, right? Not That's for the content. Yeah. Of the history. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be fair if we didn't jab at each other every now and then, right? Okay? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I constantly tell Mike he's old. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he'll say something, and I'll be like, "What are you talking about?" He'll be like, "You don't know." I'm like, "No, I'm not old. We're not in the same generation." <laughs> he likes to say that he's an exennial, and what? I'm just like, "Honey, no one says that except for you." Like Gen- he's your Janet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, if my You missed the millennial. If vote. my therapist is firmly Gen X and she's younger than you, you're Gen X. It's, okay. It's also a thing where like the millennials are are now old. Like I know. the the Gen Z is constantly having this rhetoric of like the millennials are now like Yeah. Like freaks because yeah. we're old and we're Gen- buying houses ish. Most Gen- of us aren't. These fucking Gen Z kids can drink now. A bunch of them. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying, dude. My littlest sister, my littlest sister, is turning twenty one this year. <gasps> That's bizarre to me. When I asked her, because like you know she's going on the Japan trip now that uh oh nice. is out. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, little one, how old are you? <laughs> I was like, how old will you be in September? And she's like, I'll be 20. And I was like, oh, my God, you're turning 21 this year. And she's like, yes. I was like, oh, phew, because, like, the drinking age of Japan is 20. So I was like, at least I can bring you to a bar. Yeah, like, right. I was like, but that's just so... F-. I was like, I'm like, you're, like, 14. Like, but she's, <laughs> she's going into her senior year of college. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I can't. That's, yeah, that's what, like, uh, one of Bunny's friends that I used to be friends with when we were, like, in middle school and shit. Like, I still picture her younger brother as, like, being 12 and her little sister as being, like, 10. And they, like, they not. No. Like, homeboy's about to get married and shit. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's, like, illegal. They get older, but we stay the same. It's so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't age. And, like, yet they do. Like, the passage of it's time bizarre. It's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry ito ito looks like a guy he does so i was like okay so how did this normie ass looking motherfucker <laughs> get into doing horror manga and literally it's because his two older sisters read horror manga in magazines when he was a kid and he was just like what's this oh, i like that that was cool good thing it wasn't porn yeah well well i mean i don't know i wasn't there in the 60s yeah. Oh, I mean, if he's just, if he's like that, though, like, you know, <laughs> you just pick up anything and then he's just like, I like this. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep going with I this. I feel like, I feel like Japan was a little bit more prudish. Yeah. We'd like to think, but we don't really know. I don't know. I'm ignorant. But yeah, so I found that out from reading an interview with Grape Japan. Which mm. I thought was a fun name. I was like, hee <laughs> grape. Grape. So when somebody says grape, do you think of the color purple or like a green grape or a red grape or a Concord grape? I think of like a cartoonishly purple grape. Delightful. I, love I think that. of like a Welch's grape juice grape. <laughs> yeah. 
And like, there is no grape that really looks like that in real life, but like, that's the grape I think of. Right. Yeah. And I think of like, next, like yeah. the little sticky dots mm-hmm. from school that smell like grape. Interesting. The little purple dots, and then you scratch them and they smell like grape. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So he was apparently reading these horror mangas when he was like four or five, which I'm like, what? How? Why? That's also a very high reading level. (laughs) Right? So I don't know if it was more just like he's looking at the pictures. Yeah. Or he was like genuinely reading, but he said that he was reading mangas by Umezu and Shinichi Koga. And he started drawing frames imitating the mangas that he read. So, like, he'd just be, like, pen and paper, like, I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. Or he'd, like, grab, like, whatever he could draw on if he didn't have paper around. Because he was just like, I gotta draw. Yeah. I gotta he, was draw. Get, he was, like, formulating. He was getting inspired. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And he was just, like, he'd just go at it. He said he was intrigued by the gruesome and the grotesque. Me like, too, bro. Yeah. So he said that things that didn't seem real weren't scary to him. Which I'm like, okay, interesting. But things- oh, so so things. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Like something that would never exist in the real world, right? Like isn't scary to me. Yeah. But something that closely resembles reality or is like paranormal, right. like that shit's freaky to me. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, sort of, I'm afraid of like. Not real things, and then I'm afraid of real things too, but I'm less afraid of the not real things. So I don't I'm know. I'm just like, a fwaity baby. Like if I saw an alien like walking around, I wouldn't immediately be like, "That's an alien." Or if I saw like Bigfoot, 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 <laughs> Bigfoot. If I saw Bigfoot, I would. <laughs> I would not be scared. Um, she would not be scared at all. I'd just be like. I don't, I'd be like, that's a guy in a costume. I would, I would literally freeze. I would be like, oh my god, baby! Yeah, I would. I would just be like, okay, like whoever is dressed up like this, like knock it off. You know, it would take. I would, it would literally. You would have to like seriously convince me that that's an alien, and it would have to come up to my face and be like, I'm actually an alien for oh. me to be like, oh god, you are an alien. Oh no, like, man, I'm getting I'm just thinking about it. No, no, no. What's scarier to me is like a man in a closet, or like, oh, I hate that, or like. Someone like twisting their body oh, up and like, like walking con- all crazy, uh, yeah, contortionist like, type shit. Yeah, don't like, like that. If someone was just like in a restaurant, right? Yeah, this actually this this did happen to me and it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> so I walked into a restaurant, right? And I'm walking through the restaurant and there's just a guy silently sitting there making dead eye contact with me as I'm walking up and around to go to the table that's like mm-hmm. like to the left of this this guy. Um, and I'm just like staring at him and it gave me like the creepiest feeling. Yeah. The man was blind. The man couldn't see me. Bro. And he was making straight eye contact with me. Like I thought he could see me and yeah. I didn't know why this guy was just like in a restaurant, like staring at what I thought was only me. Yeah. And I was so scared that like he was going to like whip out a gun or something. Yeah. Or be like, a murderer. Right. Or like he was after me. Like, yeah. and then t- come to find out it was just like 
Yeah. Like I see him later on hobbling around with a cane, like with his like wife or something guiding him to the restaurant. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm just paranoid. He's visually impaired. I'm like, oh, oops, whoopsie. I somehow thought he was a murderer. I had a fucking dude looking at me the whole time he was up in the fucking computer lab the other day. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, do you need help? Well, but I don't want to help him. So I ended up calling security up. I'd just I was be like, like this. Just, I, and just run my hand across my neck real slow and just stare at him and be like, and I was just like, dead. what? It, like this guy, he like goes over because I, I came up to cover like the next shift and he goes over to like where the hand sanitizer is and he's like doing it like 10 different times because nothing's coming out. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into the bathroom. But like the whole time that he's doing that, he's staring at me. When he comes out of the bathroom, staring at me. Like, going back to his computer, staring at me. And I'm just like, Yeah. And then I had to, like, I was helping this old Asian lady, and I felt his eyes on me the entire fucking time. Mm -hmm. Like, the time that I glanced up or whatever, he's just, like, looking at me, and then he, like, looks back at his computer. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. So then I'm sitting at the desk, and he keeps turning around and looking at me. I'm like, what the fuck? So then I called security and I was like, this guy's creeping me the fuck out. Like, keeps staring at me. Yeah. I'm like, and the security guy's like, what the hell does he want? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not speaking to him. Yeah. Like, how about you go ask him, like, why his eyes. (laughs) He, like, went over. Stay on his task. He fucking, like, he went over to the guy and the guy, of course, as soon as he starts coming, the guy's looking at his computer again. But he's just like, I don't know if this guy's doing something shady, like he's looking at something he's not supposed to be or what? Yeah. Goes to the library to look up child porn. I mean, people fucking come in with some weird shit, man. I mean, true. This guy was watching, like, somebody suck on toes one time and they had to kick him out. It's, oh, it's so bizarre. Yeah. I love working with the public. <sighs> You're working with, like, the true public, though. <laughs> like, anyone can come in that bitch. Yeah, literally. It is a public building. It's crazy. Municipal works. Uh, what, is it? what is life? Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. So that's, that's the horror that is my life. <laughs> that's But that scares me, though. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I... I think there is a very low possibility of me ever running into, like, an actual fucking monster, like the Mothman or, like, aliens or whatever. But, like, there is a high possibility of me running into several crazy people. Right. That's absolutely true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially being a woman. Yeah. I just feel very, like, unsafe in the world. No, for sure. Yeah. That's what, like, I was at, um... One of Nick's shows at the Benz or something this one time, and fucking Rakeem comes up out of nowhere and is like, hey. And I'm like, uh, who's Rakeem? This one black dude that's got, he looks like Jean-Michel Basquiat. He's always got, like, his hair all funky. But, like, I didn't know who this guy was. I'd just, like, seen him out a few times, and I was just like, what the fuck? And then I told Nick about it. I was like, that really creeped me out. He's like, oh, it's just Rakeem. Like, you don't have to worry about him. I was like, okay, well, I don't know him. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, being approached by a man at night in a parking lot? I don't like that. It's so dismissive when, like, I don't know, people don't understand the heightened sense of, like, safety that comes with just owning a vagina. It's like, I, 
like, how do you not understand that that is like a vulnerability that mm. I have constantly? I don't get to turn it off. Yeah. So like when you come up to me and you approach me and you frighten me or startle me, yeah. like, and we don't have a, pr- a planned like right. encounter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be on on fucking guard. Yeah, like you best believe, because yeah. I don't know your intentions, and I'm not gonna presume your intentions are positive. Because been on the receiving end of not so positive attention. Right. Like, yes, constantly. Yeah, that's terrible. So let's go back to Junji. Junji. <laughs> so the things that he was scared of that seemed real were spirits. Okay. And, like, ghosts and shit. Like, he thought that was really freaky. The paranormal, man. Yeah. But see, like, I group cryptids with that. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. What? What's what's that? Cryptids? Like, Mothman and Chupacabra and Bigfoot. Those are all cryptids. Uh, I feel like they're adjacent. They're not, like, the same thing. I feel like those are creatures. You know? That's, like, monsters. Yeah, but, like... Paranormal just means, like, not normal. I feel like paranormal is more, like, ghosts and poltergeists and possessings and, like... I mean, yeah, that too. Yeah. I don't know. That's the, that's the stuff you can't see. That, like, that'll get you. Let us know in the comments how you feel about paranormals. Yeah, well, I I pick... I, I, it could be completely wrong. I'm going <laughs> off of my brain. But, like, I, yeah, I picture it as paranormal <laughs> activity, which is, like, ghost activity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I couldn't watch horror movies until, like, college or, like, after college Mm -hmm. because, like, that kind of shit just, like, freaked me the fuck out so much. And then recently I went back and I watched a movie that had come out when we were in high school and I had been, like, so terrified in the theater because we, like, snuck into it. (laughs) And then I ended up sneaking into, like, Trillbit Taylor starring Owen Wilson, which was a terrible film. I have no idea what that film is. Uh, I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> it was awful. Um, but it was like the American remake of Shudder, which was like that this guy is a photographer. And was it the his... one with Robin Williams? No, it's no. like one hour photo or whatever. I don't know what that is. That doesn't sound like a horror movie. This guy's a photographer. He goes to Japan with his like new wife or whatever. And she's, like, getting followed around by this ghost, and the ghost keeps showing up in this guy's pictures and shit. And it turns out that this ghost was somebody that this guy, like, drugged and raped years ago. And, like, killed. Cute. So, yeah, well, like, (laughs) it was a lot less scary for me to watch as an adult than when I tried to watch it as a teenager, because I was just like, oh my god, it's a ghost! (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm like, oh. That's like The Lovely Bones for me. When I first watched The Lovely Bones. I never watched that. It's it's a pretty like cut and dry film, which is that like the girl dies and the neighbor was the one who killed her. Um, and she dies pretty young. And it's really tragic because, you know, she's only like 12 or 13 or whatever. And then the, she's speaking through visions and inferences with her dad mm. and her parents that like the neighbor is the one that they need to catch. Mm. And so when they finally do catch him, she finally is able to like rest in peace. But it's just I don't know, it's just creepy a little bit because like 
I think I didn't watch that because it had Saoirse Ronan in it. And yeah. I don't like her face. Wow, really? Yeah, I'm a hater. She does have an interesting look to her. Yeah. That's also why I never watched Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Because she's in that. I never watched Lady Bird either. Well, I heard it was really good, but I'm just like, I don't want to watch that. I don't like her face. It's like I won't watch anything with Anya Taylor-Joy in it. Really? I think she's so pretty. She looks like a reptile to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I think she Jesus. has a lizard face. She has very wide set eyes. Yes. So that's probably where you're getting she that from. She has a lizard face. I think she's pretty gorgeous. Everyone else does too, except for me. I I think she's just so interesting. Like, I think when faces aren't a aren't a hundred percent symmetrical, but still very like neatly put together, mm-hmm. they're they're gorgeous because they just got that little like quirky thing about them that is like, ugh, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't like her face. Okay. You're more into like a Margot Robbie-esque. Oh, God, I love Margot Robbie. I knew you would. <laughs> she's perfectly symmetrical in every she's way. She's Barbie. Well, she's, yeah, well, literally, she's Barbie. <laughs> but And then like Samara Weaving is basically Margot Robbie. But Samara, I don't know who that is. She looks just like fucking Margot Robbie, hmm, but smaller. Right. But smaller, okay. Yeah. She's Petita. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, sorry. This is we're we haven't done this in a while. We we're bad not. at going on tangents. It's terrible. No, we're great at going on we tangents. We do have to go to bed at some point or another. <laughs> Let's go back to Oh, okay. So one of his things from childhood that really fucked him up was his family lived out in the country and their bathroom was at the end of an underground tunnel. Oh my god. Which was normal at this time. Because, because of the bombs. I don't know. This I just like in the country, they have like these kind of tunnel deals going on. Okay. The way that their houses are built, they're like coming out of like the side of a hill or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like cement covering the floor or anything. It's just dirt. Mm-hmm. And in this bathroom, like, storage area kind of deal, they would get these big, huge spider crickets. Oh, nasty. So, yeah. So you would go down there, basically, and they'd just start popping off everywhere. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Exactly. And that I would was- just shit myself in bed every day. <laughs> like, the interview that I was reading said, like, he would not go down there by himself. Like, someone had to go with him so he could go to the bathroom. At this point, I would just have a chamber pot. Like, right? I wouldn't. There's no need. Yeah. I'll empty it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, it's a much better deal. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of sh- stuff shows up in his work. Like, that kind of shit from childhood. Jesus Christ. And, uh, yeah. So, the hanging balloons, which you mentioned earlier, he said was influenced by a childhood dream and then also, like, his interest in UFOs. Yeah, they're a little bit UFO-y. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, when they would go into town, there were, like, these hot air balloons that had, like, ads on them and shit. Oh, interesting. Um, And that was part of, like, where that came from. So, he was like, oh, that's cool. I like stuff in the sky. What if those were faces? What if those were giant heads? Basically. <laughs> like, this man has a wild imagination. He really do. Yeah. But Tommy, which I mentioned earlier, he said was based on 
one of his junior high classmates dying in a car accident. So he said, it just felt so odd to me that a classmate who was so full of life should suddenly disappear from the world. And I had the strange feeling that he would show up again innocently. Ever since then, I wanted to give expression to that feeling in my manga. That's how I came up with the idea of a girl who was supposed to have died, but then just shows up as if nothing had happened. In real life, it was a boy who died, but I turned her into a girl in the manga. Creative. I thought that was interesting. Like, the idea of somebody, like, not really being dead. Yeah. Or they're dead, but they come back anyway. I mean, that, that um like, has happened in a lot of media shows. Right. Like, there's... Uh, I can't remember what the name of the show was, but, like, essentially some experiment in the ground or something, like, makes it so that anyone who died like shows up like nothing happened and they just they they start coming back like one by one like and I think I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what it's called either. Lauren and I started watching it and then we didn't finish it. Yeah, it turned out the plot to be like really stupid, but yeah. Um yeah, it was interesting like for but the premise was interesting because it's kind of spooky like yeah. you know this woman turn up and then She's like, why is there someone else living in my house? And like, yeah. Then turns out like she's been dead for three years and her husband remarried. Yeah. Like her best friend. Yeah. We were watching that. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I forget what that's called. If you guys know what that's called, let me know. One of the things that makes Junji's work so creepy is the eyes. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I've got some fun pictures of eyes here. Yep. That I think are just real creepy. The big fixed eyes. Yes. He does these really, really detailed drawings of the eyes, and he puts a lot of contrast between the eyes themselves and then the rest of the face is very plain. Mm -hmm. So that kind of amps up some of the tension that you find in the eyes. And there's a lot of, like, shadowing that he puts in there. So they look kind of corpsey, <laughs> which is, you know. It's fun. It's part of the it's part of the charm. Yeah. But it's like it's very consistent throughout his works is like that kind of dark sockets around the eyes. And in the interview from Grape, he notes that his dental technician experience was actually one of the things <laughs> that helped him a lot with his techniques. Because mm. he would customize his tools. So, like, cutting them down or whatever. And then he would, like, whittle down the pens to make them shorter, cut grooves in the base so they were, like, easier to hold. So, like, more ergonomic for him. Like, specifically for his hands kind mm -hmm. of deal. And apparently that came from the techniques he learned to shape and finish dentures. Awesome. Who knew teeth could be so influential? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I can tell you're riveted by that. I mean, <laughs> gross. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, he does, I went into a lot of detail about what he does for the eyes in here that I think I'm going to skip over because uh, that's more of a visual thing. But his process basically is that he sits down and writes all of his ideas out. And then when he comes back to them later to make a story, he goes through his notebook and is like, okay, like, what can I, what can I make out of this? Mm -hmm. And 
sometimes it starts from like a feeling or he'll just like sketch something out and he'll he doesn't build his characters first which i thought was interesting like the characters he said come later oh he like does the premise yeah first right exactly and then okay. the characters he just kind of like fits in yeah i mean that's very like edgar Allan poe-esque like where like it's just the scenario like right like he would like find a room or like he would find a post yeah like big event and then the scene would happen from there so it's like right yeah exactly then kind of deal yeah i mean i feel like that kind of goes along with like horror writing i think you're probably right <laughs> trying to convey a, a mood yeah 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 that makes sense so tell us about big heads I literally, when I saw the panels from, like, the hanging balloons, because I was like, what the fuck is this? I was just like, what? Have you ever seen it? No. They did, like, an animated version. No, I haven't watched any of his stuff. It's hecka, it's hecka creepy. Yeah, I know there's, like, a, a thing on Netflix. Yeah. Of, like, a collection of stuff. Yeah. This one, I saw it originally on TikTok, and I was, like, entranced by it, because I was just like, what? fuck is this anime right like, i've never seen this and it, it reminded me of attack on titan yeah and i was like okay maybe this is the same studio or same people mm -hmm. but it wasn't apparently it was just this guy and yeah like the plot is essentially that um and i might be misrepresenting this so correct me if i'm wrong but I will. um it's a girl who's either she's bullied or something and she goes and hangs herself and so then her friend, like, the next day, they're, like, everyone who was, like, in her life starts to get these balloons, like, coming and attacking them that, like, hang them. Yeah. So it's, like, these heads, and as soon as they come outside, the heads come down, they're, like, take them and hang them. Yeah. And eventually it's just down to, like, the one girl who was, like, her friend. Yeah. And her balloon is, like coming to the window all the time and like trying to coax her outside and like eventually she's just like fuck it and like like goes and gets and she can't take it anymore she just like hangs herself yeah so it's like a metaphor i think it's like a metaphor for like when someone commits suicide in your life it's a chain effect essentially yeah. of like people taking that and then yeah, so, like, basically, I agree with you on all that. These balloon heads would actually, like, be speaking to these people and luring them to their death. Yeah. And um, what I was reading was that she finally comes out because she, <laughs> she runs out of food, mm -hmm. first of all, so she's fucking hungry. And her balloon keeps trying to get her to come out, like, oh, it's safe out here. But she finally comes out because... It's either that the balloon imitates her brother's voice or mm -hmm. her dead friend's voice or his balloon actually comes down and it's like, oh, I have food for you. And then she comes out and she fucking dies. <laughs> oh, okay. So she doesn't try to like actively kill herself. No, she's like trying to stay alive as long as she can. And she's freaked the fuck out. <sighs> and then she finally can't take it anymore because she's. You know, on her last legs anyway. Yeah. She's wasting away from not eating. That was Crazy. how I understood it. 
crazy. Yeah. Words of the wise, just keep a stack of food <laughs> just in case <laughs> some balloon heads decide to come and try yeah. to kill you. <laughs> when we used to live in um, our old house, like me and my family, we always have like extra food, like canned shit, like whatever, like non-perishable stuff. Mm-hmm. And the one time the neighbor came over and was like, oh, my God, you guys have so much food here. Like, if there's a hurricane or something, like, I'm staying here. <laughs> and, like, I think that part of that is because my mom's dad was growing up, like, during the Great Depression and shit. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if there was food, like, you just saved it. Yeah. That was very much a thing, like, and I think that's why the mantra of, like, boomer parents is, like, you eat everything on your plate, regardless of whether you want to or not. Yeah. Which is why there's a large portion of our generation who has, like, anxiety around food. Yeah. Because we were literally punished if we didn't eat everything, even if we, like, physically, number one, couldn't right. eat it or, like you know, didn't want to eat it for whatever yeah. reason. Well, and that was what happened, like, to my mom when she was growing up, is, like, her trigger food is, like, stewed tomatoes. Like, she will not touch those, because yeah. she doesn't like tomatoes unless they're, like, in sauce or, like, ketchup or, like, sun-dried. Then that's also how I like them. Yeah, I mean, it could be a generational thing, just, like, taste-wise. But it's literally, like, her mom was like, you're gonna eat that, and it was, like, she she physically like vomited and her mom was like no you're eating that like yeah. you're not getting anything else yep that's how much she's like too. oh my fucking god so like she made sure she never did that with me and my brother but yeah it took my my older brother having a lactose allergy yeah. like so bad that he was getting like like ear infections and sinus infections like constantly from eating dairy oh god that sounds miserable yeah he would have a bowl of cereal in the morning like there was literally nothing else to eat right and yeah. so like for a long time he was just eating a bowl of milk in the morning and like it got to the point where i think his body like physically he would get acid reflux and shit and, yeah like, he would feel sick when he was starting to like eat his food right and that was like if he had potatoes with like cream in them if he had like mac and cheese if he had like anything with dairy in it on the <sighs> table right and so he stopped eating his food a little bit like he would eat all the rest of the food but then like right. slow down when it came to like the dairy stuff makes total sense yeah and so my mom was the first one to realize it but this was after he had been like physically slapped around multiple times <sighs> for not eating all of his food. And then my mom was like, do you feel okay? Like, are you all right? And then my brother was like, no, I don't feel good. But the fact that it took it right. getting to that point before like he was allowed to not eat his food is yeah, that's ridiculous. Psychotic. And while we were like cash strapped like a lot, we right. were fucking destitute. Like he didn't have to eat everything on the table and it would have been fine. Right. Like, I don't know. No, yeah, I mean, that's... It's a crazy mentality. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have my own issues with, like, food waste and stuff <laughs> that manifest in my eating disorder, mm -hmm. which is, like, my brain is like, there's still food here, you need to eat it. Mm -hmm. And that's... I was not raised that way. That's just my fucking eating disorder, and it's not, like... Yeah, I mean, that could be tied to other things, though. Yeah, I mean, well... 
that's the easiest way that I can explain that. It's like my brain's like food, eat. Yeah. I mean, it can also be like OCD, though. It could be like, um, you know, well, I some have kind of anxiety management. Like, I have binge eating disorder. Yeah. I'm just a binge eater. I literally like my brain and my stomach don't communicate correctly when I'm eating. Mm hmm. So I will literally eat until I am in physical pain sometimes. That's so, like, I can't, I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's not great, because then I feel worse. <laughs> I know. It just anyway, makes me sad. Me yeah, yeah. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I don't feel hunger sometimes. Even if I have to, like, smell food in order to feel hungry sometimes. Yeah. You know, today I, like, literally went with without food the entire day and then after i had like moved the couch and everything with ellie i was like hmm you know what i could eat something but at that point it's like i had just done physical labor i've done like all this stuff right right i need to eat food like yeah, otherwise you're gonna pass the fuck out and die <laughs> right, right. Like, and then she's over there like let's go grab a drink and i'm like maybe i should eat some food i don't know yeah but like to imagine what kind of food i would eat is really difficult because it's like I don't know, 90% of the things mm -hmm. I can imagine in my head, I don't connect that with like, oh, I'm hungry for that. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it'll be something fucking random. I'll be like, I want like a chicken Caesar salad wrap. Like, yeah. And it's just, that's the only thing I can think of that I would actually eat if it yeah. was in front of me. Yeah. But then I smell food and I'm like, oh, I could have literally everything. Like, Interesting. I could eat the whole thing. I could eat anything. <laughs> but if that's I don't smell so, it, I don't think of it. That is so interesting to me. Yeah. Because I, half the time I don't know what I want to eat. Mm -hmm. I just know if I'm presented with something, I'm like, no, I don't want to eat that. Oh, yeah. Which is <laughs> yeah. kind of the opposite. No, I feel like it's similar. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I smell food and I'm really hungry or haven't eaten in a while, I'll be like, if, I'm, if I've eaten two square meals that day, like, you could present me with a million different luscious food items and I'd be like, this is some really good looking food. And then that's it. <laughs> it doesn't make me want to eat it. I'm just be like, yeah, this is beautiful. Good job, chef. Like, anyway, is that is are we done with Ito? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Ito, Ito Finito. He's alive and well. Ah, uh, Ito's alive, guys. Yeah. Oh, he's got a birthday coming up. We, oh, I thought you said he was gonna have. A, I thought you were gonna say he was a boyfriend, and I was like, no. like wow, and he's gay. <laughs> I did not look into that aspect of his life. I bet you he is. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I mean, I'm not going to marry him if he's gay. <laughs> that would be hard. So. That would be difficult to convince a gay man to marry you. I could do it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. I, I did already do it, as you said. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. What the fuck is this all about? <laughs> <laughs> I really was. Dude, and that's like one of his biggest fears, too. It's like, oh, he's a homophobe? No. Oh. That, I mean, not his biggest fears. I guess, like, one of his insecurities is that, like, he's perceived as being effeminate and gay. He looks like a queer. He do be looking like a queer, though. <laughs> he does. He should just own it. There's a subset of women who like that. Yeah. You know, there's somebody for everybody. Apparently, it's you. <laughs> Was me for, like, bitch. Four, four, I would say that solid four months. Started <laughs> Peter off in, like, three and a half, though. <laughs> I said to Mike, I was like, yeah, I didn't follow this guy on social media at all. Like, 
last guy that Nisa dated that I did that with, I waited like six months before I followed him on social media. <laughs> yeah, because you know that like <laughs> they have to at least get to six months. Like this is the thing. It's like a lot of them don't get to six months. <laughs> yeah. So I'm too quick on it. Um anyway, I I have a rather long one. I don't I probably try to shorten this one. So I did Elizabeth Louise Vigée Lebrun. Vigie Lebrun. Vigie Lebrun, yes. Um, She is, like, quite literally one of the most badass women painters I've ever fucking read about. Yeah. And I never heard about her until I looked her up. Literally never. But she's so fucking accomplished. So she was born in Paris in 1755 to Louis Vigée, who was a pastelist, and Jeannet Masson, who was a hairdresser. So she was raised in a family that obviously, you know, she had a father who was an artist. And so that was her early mm-hmm. um, intro into it. And uh, he, but her father would pass away when she was only 12. So yeah, she didn't get very far with him before. Live fast, die young. Yeah. You know, YOLO. And then her mother remarried a year later to a terrible guy named Jacques Francois Le Sevre, Um And then, Vijay would comment about her stepfather saying, I hated this man even more so since he made use of my father's personal possessions. (gasps) That bitch. He wore his clothes just as they were without altering them to fit his figure, which seems like just disturbing. I don't know. This is also like, you know, 1700s. So like, I don't know what, maybe they just reused clothes for the shits and giggles, but like, it just seems weird that you would want to wear your wife's dead husband's clothes. Why are you wearing a dead man's clothes, dog? Yeah, it's just fucking strange. I I don't like that. Maybe they didn't have a ton of money, but like, it's just strange. Well, after her father died, she continued to have an interest in art, and so she worked with colleagues of her father's to continue to improve her skills, even though she didn't have her dad there. Mm Mm-hmm. She was very dedicated. And then by her early teens, she was actually good enough to start painting professionally. So this is also as a woman. Like, she impressed everybody very quickly and probably more so than the articles let on because, like, to be able to do this professionally, even though she was, like, a child, essentially, um, was pretty crazy. She had a brief setback, though, when her studio was seized for practicing without a license so that prompted her to apply officially for one of the academies of the time, which was essentially like little areas where people would train to be artists, but then they also would put up their works in these galleries. And it was like a good networking opportunity, essentially. But you had to like pay to get in. Yeah. Um. So this one was the Academy de Saint-Luc, which honestly was already displaying some of her works, although they didn't know it. <laughs> So she was accepted in 1774, and two years later, at the age of 21, she was encouraged by her mother to marry an art dealer named Jean-Baptiste Père Lebron, although his reputation was dubious because he was known as a gambler and an adulterer. Oh, he was a slut. Yeah, he was, he was fucked up. And, but her mother was like, do it! And of course, her mother's judgment in men already is trash <laughs> at this point. We know this. And so, but she did it anyway. Um, and then, of course, the marriage was very troubled. Um, not much. I couldn't see that there was like a ton of information about her husband. I know that they divorced later on in her life, but mm-hmm. I don't really know many details. But I mean, he continued to have issues with the gambling and everything else. Um, although they did have a daughter together in 1780. 
Janine Lucy Louise, who she called Julie, or frequently by her nickname, which was Brunette. Brunette! Isn't that cute? That's cute. Um, their marriage, like, could also have been because her husband was pretty well connected. He was the great nephew of a well-loved painter of the time, Charles Lebron, who was uh, famous for creating the Louis XVI style, which was the Palace of Versailles. Mm, so, like, yeah. he painted the, like, panels of the Palace of Versailles, the ceiling of the Palace of Versailles. So, Elizabeth becomes so popular of a painter that she was actually called to Versailles this is the time of Marie Antoinette, and she was called to paint a portrait of her, Oh, which is pretty crazy. So that portrait now hangs in the Kunst in Vienna. Oh, yes. Um, and then she would go on to paint more than 30 portraits of the queen alone, which led her to commonly be mistaken as her personal portrait artist, but that wasn't the case. She eventually was accepted to the famous Academy Royale de Painter et de Sculpteur which obviously paint and sculpture Royal Academy. Um, and she was barred from joining originally because her uh, husband, who was an art dealer, and they were like, conflict of interest. Uh, boo. Yeah. But then, you Lame. know, the king and queen literally intervened directly on her behalf, and she was one of only 15 women to gain acceptance between 1648 and 1793. That's a very long period of time. That's almost uh, like what? Close to like a hundred and some, it's over 140 years. Yes, Liz, go off. So, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> um, through the Academy, she exhibited over 50 paintings, with many of them being the royal family, although not all of them were the royal family. She also, she really wanted to be known as a historical painter. Right. She didn't want to be like just a portrait artist, you know? Yeah. Um, but inevitably, that's what she was. And so she did submit some other stuff that, was history paintings, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and it didn't really go anywhere because they, you know, pigeonholed her into a niche and they wouldn't let her move. Yeah. So. That's how they always be doing it. One of her most exciting was the portrait of Madame Grand, who was said to take on a sensual pose with her eyes rolled up towards the ceiling and her lips parted, which was, ooh, oh, scandalous. You knew her lips were parted. Ooh, what, what is she going to do with those lips what being a parted? Strumpet. Ooh, what, a, what a strumpet. <laughs> so she was also commissioned, notably, by favored courtier, uh, courtier Alexander Charles Emmanuel de Crussel Florensac. These people have like 8,000 names. French people, my God. They have like nine <laughs> names. She had great success through the 1780s, but also some of her other pieces that resulted in scandal. One was Marie Antoinette in a muslin dress, and this is probably one of her worst scandals. She kept getting in trouble for basically painting women that they thought were, like, too nude. Yes. Or, like, not dressed enough. Too um, many titty. Yeah, too much titty. Too much. And so... This was, she had a simple cotton gown and she was holding a bouquet of flowers and uh, it was meant to show the playful and relaxed attitude of the queen. The queen approved this, like was like, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah, she was like, yeah, this is great for my image, a lot of meat cake. Yeah, but, and when it got to the academy, everyone was like, this is fucking vulgar and I can't believe you would display our queen like this. Yeah. Of course, she was the one who had to like, uh-huh, just, you know, approve it. Yeah. So Vijay took it down, quickly repainted it, and then like it but it did cause her like some some setbacks. So 
in uh, 1787, which is a few years later, she had to release Marie, Marie Antoinette and her children. Oh, yes. That's a very well-known one. Yeah. And it had her in her, you know, nice dress and those children all around her and everything. And she's the perfect picture of, like, rich mother. Yes. And so... And she's yeah. not showing off her titties. Yeah. No titties in that one, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, they did wear very low-cut dresses with a lot of titty in it. They you know? did. It's like, what? you can't... You don't want the titty, but you want the titty. Yeah. Ay, yeah, yeah. And it also showed the empty cradle, which... Uh, symbolized the loss of the child that she has. She had a, like a very famous miscarriage, so and that would make her more relatable to the general public. Yes, of course. We know that not much could be done <laughs> to, to to change the uh, inevitable outcome. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, you know, everybody getting upset at the monarchy at the time. Yeah. So this is the end of the 1780s and. Things were literally reaching ahead with the fucking revolution. Ha! Huh. So, I see what you did there. Yeah, and everyone, yeah, 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 And they were coming after everyone. So anyone close to the royal family, they were like, "You're fucking done." So they actually attacked her house. So they came by and harassed her a couple times, and this was like, you know, uh, very very frightening for her. Well, yeah. Um, so, just as a little background of history, so it was a group of um, common people. Like this was a revolution purely by the peasants. In fact, the first attack on the Palace of Versailles was a bunch of market women who got together and they were like, "Fuck this! The price of bread is too crazy," because the price of bread was like twenty five dollars a loaf like equivalent yeah and like at the time they were making like pennies pennies and so they couldn't afford it yeah and they were like they couldn't sell it they couldn't afford it so they were like what the fuck are we gonna do and they literally marched on versailles these women marched on versailles and then a bunch of the other uh men joined them eventually yeah but like originally it was this group of fucking ladies Mm -hmm. so i mean good job ladies Yas Queens. <laughs> so, and they were called the Sans Culottes, was like the common people, and then they were militarized. Mm-hmm. And so that's who was coming by the house and being like, what the fuck are you doing at the palace? Like, uh, you know, like they were basically attacking anyone who had like a little bit of wealth. Right. Um, and so Vijay was very scared and she started gathering her paperwork to get the fuck out of France mm-hmm. or Paris. And she was like, I'm getting the fuck out. They were going to go to Italy. Um, and so, like, basically the day before they were going to go, the National Guards entered her house and ordered her not to leave or she would face punishment. Then later that night, a couple of the guards came back and they were like, you should get the fuck out as soon as possible. <laughs> like, they they took pity on her and they were like, they were like, leave. They were like, don't take your actual coach. Take a stagecoach. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't want her to, like get recognized right. and then get pulled over incognito yeah and so um on october 5th 1789 the king and queen were driven out of versailles okay mm-hmm. and then that same day the vijay family left um around midnight so it's actually kind of ironic they happened on the same exact day 
So she goes to Italy. She's received by a bunch of her friends. Um, she paints like a bunch of portraits on the way. Uh, she's also, as she's changing cities, she's elected to all these different academies. Like she's greeted with high, high favor wherever she goes. She's got a lot of popularity and especially among the royals because there were plenty of them that got out of Paris right. and were living in different different parts of yeah. you know Europe. So they were like, oh my God, you painted the queen. Can you come paint me? Yeah, they were like, Vijay Lebrun, like, come here, like, paint my shit. Like, I'm gonna pay you. Like, so she had no trouble, like, wherever she went, she was well-received. She was staying at, like, all these fancy people's houses, like, you know. She was couch surfing, though. She was essentially couch surfing <laughs> on fancy fucking couches. Like, yeah, that's what she was doing. Um, So, let's see. So she goes to Naples. She paints a painting for Marie Antoinette's sister, Maria Carolina, and her four children. Um, and then she was also painting well-known women of the time, such as Emma Hamilton, who was like a modern day, like what would be like an influencer today. Yeah. That was like Emma Hamilton. And they received high praise. So Am Hamilton actually modeled one of her favorite works, which is titled Sybil. Um, and she displayed it like almost everywhere she went after she painted it. Cause she was like, I love this piece. Mm. This is my favorite. She was like, Oh my God, it's so great. <laughs> I love this one. Emma. <laughs> You're my favorite person. <laughs> um, and then, so she goes on to Vienna. She's permit. She's commissioned by princess Maria, Josepha, Hermelda, Esternhe. I have no idea who these people are. And then she's also <laughs> <laughs> and painted her as um she she does these like paintings of these famous women. Right. As historical like Greek Hellenistic figures. So she's like doing this all the time. Mhm. Mm she's how she's like being a historical painter but also a portrait painter. Right. She's doing both. Yeah. Um and so then she paints another princess and does kind of the same thing. And they were considered to be scandalous, and because they were because they were wearing Roman clothing, mm. which was a little bit more revealing. Apparently, they had capped sleeves, oh, oh, showing yeah. off those collarbones and shoulders. Ooh. Yeah, and so she's in Vienna, and then she is painting the women, blah blah blah, blah. and then so she, one of her friends, Charles Joseph, who is the seventh prince of Ligna. Not no, Ligma? <laughs> no, it's L-I-G-N-E. Ligne? Ligna? Oh, Ligna? Ligna? It might be lean. Lean something. He urged her to stay at his convent in the countryside. With the nuns? I have no idea. I mean, that's just usually at a convent. And there's, like, some mention that he, like, courted her with poetry. So, like, maybe, like, there was some scandal. Because, like, she's not with her husband, like, by the way. In any of this. Oh. She's with her daughter and her daughter's governess. Oh. And that's who she, like, took out of. So, where the fuck is her husband? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That bitch did. I mean, who knows? So, while she's with uh, Charles Joseph, he's talking on and on about the um, Catherine the Great, the Russian sovereign of the time. Oh, yes. And so, after two years in Vienna, she's like, I gotta go see this bitch. And she, like, goes to St. Petersburg. So while she's in Russia, she's super well received by the royalty, which, you know, happens to be a theme everywhere she goes. So Catherine the Great um, wants her to, like, paint the granddaughters and and she wants her and eventually from the granddaughter, she gets to paint the Paul one, who is the future czar. 
So she basically is painting all these. Now she does the same thing that she was doing with the princesses earlier. She's painting them as like, you know, Grecian figures. And so she's painting them in these robes and stuff. And like, there was a couple people in the court who were out to get her and they didn't accept her right away. And so they like created this whole issue around her painting these women in like Grecian mm-hmm. wear, like, oh, she's trying to embarrass Catherine the Great. And, um, you know, that basically wasn't what was happening at all. Right. And so basically, publicly, Catherine the Great tells everybody, fuck you. Like, I told her she can paint whatever the fuck she wants and she's going to yeah. do that. And squashes those rumors for her. But it took a little while. So this is what I thought was funny, though, is that Catherine the Great herself eventually relented to be painted by Vijay. But then she dies the next day. No. Yeah. So she never got to like. Oh. She never got to paint her. Yeah. So everything's going great in St. Petersburg. She's having a swell time until her daughter becomes involved with Gatton Bernard Negray, who is the secretary of the director of the Imperial Theater of St. Petersburg. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Vijay is like, don't get married. Stay with me. You have to be by my side. Like, kind of turns a little crazy. And I think it's probably because at this point they had gone through so much hardship together as a family and she'd worked so hard to like keep her safe and keep them protected that like the idea of her moving out and moving on with her life was you know very terrifying yeah she'd been through some major trauma yeah and it makes sense i mean what else did she have she didn't have her husband she didn't have anything she just had the like care of her daughter essentially so so after her daughter gets married to this guy anyway she's like Fuck this. I don't want to be in St. Petersburg anymore. And kind of throws a tantrum. Fuck this shit on my own. And so before leaving, she decides to visit Moscow, which while she's in Moscow, she learns about the assassination of Paul the first. Oh. So she she gets upset about that because she's like, damn, I really like that guy. That guy was cool. And so her daughter also gets sick around this time. And so she's like, I got to make a decision. Do I want to go back to St. Petersburg? And like, take care of my daughter and eventually she does and she was also not feeling too great herself so while she goes back to saint petersburg the new emperor and empress of russia were like hey we heard you're really great painter do you want to come to the palace (laughs) like after they've just killed the previous regime they're like you know what we like you though yeah so, well, obviously, she doesn't have any hangups about painting these other royals, so... No, she she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. whoever's in power, like, I'll exactly. paint for you. Like, I don't care. Um, uh, So she she does go back, and then she hangs out with them, and she uh, befriends the Queen of Prussia, and uh, was commissioned to paint them in a portrait. Fantastic. So, you know, she's already doing great. So she tries, at this point, she's like, all right, it's time to go back to France. Like, things have cooled down, the revolution is over, and I can go back. And so she secures a passport. Um, so she goes back to Paris in 1802. She's received with a grand welcome and was taken to a military ceremony at the Tuileries where she saw Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh. Yeah. So she's upset about, like, being home because she just doesn't feel like things are the same. And so 
really from this point on, her life becomes just like a series of her traveling in little short spurts. So she like spends time in Switzerland, spends time in Sweden, spends time in England. Um, and she keeps coming back to France, but like really she doesn't stay too long in one place or the other. Um, and she continues to still be painting a lot of royals, a lot of dignitaries and mm-hmm. courtiers. Um, and she likes the English countryside. She mentions that she had a great time traveling there. Um, she displays her work in salons and she gets accepted to like almost every single academy. Interestingly, though, the Royal Academy of Sculpture and Painting in France mm-hmm. takes all of the women that had in the registry off the registry post-revolution. So, oh. yeah, it it appears that like she was never part of it, but like we know that she was accepted because of the history, like you know, right. historical records. But like their official record, she was never a part of it. Huh? Yeah, which is hilarious because like we know <laughs> we know that she was, and so that's just fucking rude, dog. You know, after that extraordinary life, <laughs> she ends up back in Paris. Um, in 1842, and she eventually dies at the age of 86. Wow, she lived a long time for that period. She did. I mean, considering everybody got murdered by mobs or died of fucking smallpox (laughs) or dysentery. Yeah. All right, we did it. We did it. Yay! Yay! We did it! We did it! We did it! Yeah! No, we see most. We did it! Wow! Well, so only fucked up about eighty things. Yeah, come on! Can't wait to cut that out. Man, she's got some pink ass nipples. I. <laughs> she really does. Like I just thought about because I don't see raisins nipples at all ever. Yeah. Even though she has a white belly like that. Yeah. Sylvia likes to let them all hang out. Yeah. <laughs> she really does. Like, where's raisin's nipples? She doesn't like. It's like it's almost like she didn't have any. She does. They're just raisin has thicker hair than Sylvia. I think you can't see Nutella's nipples either. But Nutella doesn't have a white belly. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think also Sylvia might have itchy nipple because she just be licking all the time. She is a licky girl. She licking right now. Yeah, I couldn't believe she she literally sat with her legs like straight out and licked her stomach. It was the funniest thing. She sits like a fat girl sometimes. Mm, (laughs) She lick her hand. Mike says she's eating toe jam when she licks her toes. She is. Scrunches up her nose. You want to know something really gross? What? Nutella will often come up and eat my earwax out of my earbuds. Wow. She loves it. She thinks it's a little snack. She's licked my ears a few times, Sylvia, not Nutella. Um, and she tried to eat a couple pairs of my earbuds, but I don't know that it was for the earwax. They're like they like earwax. There's oh. some kind of something in it that they like. It's so bitter. You're looking at me like you've never tried your own earwax. I mean, no. You never had that impulsive thought? Oh, wish that was me. No, I have not eaten my earwax. <laughs> I have. No. I honestly don't even really clean my ears ever. Oh. Well, you probably don't need to if your ears are not gross. Are you trying to say goodnight, honey? We're not done yet. 
What did you say? What did you hear? She eats her own earwax, Mike. You I, need to stop her. She's a monster. The part about me saying earwax is bitter? Have you or eaten your earwax, Mike? Have or you the part about cat licking my earwax? I mean, I'm not saying devoured. I'm just saying, like, you stick your pinky in <laughs> and you lick it because it's an impulsive thought. You're just like, I have to have this. Well, I I heard, though, that cats like something in earwax. That's why they eat it. I I, I heard know. that story once. I, I believe you. It might be a falsehood. I don't know. but I, I don't know. Cats. Anyway. It's fine. Mike just wants you to stop eating your earwax. I haven't done it in years. But, like, you know, sometimes you just gotta, like, oh, it's itchy in there. I haven't done it in years. You know, it's itchy in there, and then you forget that you did it, and then you put your hand in your mouth, and you're like, oh, what's that? It's earwax. Is that how that goes down, Jocelyn? Or do you just eat it? No, I don't eat it. (laughs) I'm just a waxy bitch. What? She has a tiny ice cream (laughs) scooper and just eats it. Oh, (laughs) no. Fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So nasty. Well, anyway. Now you guys know that about me. I'm going to make Jocelyn a little earwax candle. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) I've never had my ears candled. Happy 30th. Oh, no. Oh, perfect. I the don't wick. want your ear you need a wick. <laughs> Oh, my God. Bitch. <laughs> Bitch. Have you smelled burning hair? It does not smell good. Yes, I have. It does not smell good. I use it in my spells. Oh. Okay. I wish you guys could see Nisa's face because that was terrifying. <laughs> I even my eye do some funny shit. Oh, shit. Whenever gonna... I do that, I get scared though that like something's gonna snap in my eyeball and then like this is gonna be broken forever. I legit like worry that I'm gonna lose some kind of tension oh, or muscle control and then my eye will permanently be like fucking bug eyed. <laughs> yeah, and I have to wear an eye patch everywhere. <laughs> Which would honestly be sick. I feel like I'd rock an eye patch. Oh yeah, totally. I can see you wearing an eye patch. I've got to wear it. has to be this side, though, because it'll go with my hair part. Oh, yeah, true. You know? Yeah, you got to have it over your right eye. Exactly. <laughs> Can't be fooling around here. <laughs> anyway, guys, we've uh, we've had a great time. Uh, sorry, we're consistently not doing this consistent. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> Oh, oh boy well thanks for thanks for letting us grace your ear holes once again yeah dig that wax out <laughs> listen harder <laughs> oh shit <laughs> now that's gonna come up as much as piss beard does <laughs> yeah I mean piss in your beard wax in your ears piss in Mike's beard from me gross <laughs> You don't remember that story? Oh no, I remember it. I I was avoiding it. I was avoiding the head-on collision into that story, but okay. No. And if you haven't listened to the full collection, get in it. I've got some real gems. Yeah. 
We both do. We have some. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some, we, we, this is a lesson in embarrassment. <laughs> I have to be so careful who I tell that I have a podcast because, like, I know that people are going to listen. And I'm like, you're not prepared for how much I talk about my personal life. You are not ready. <laughs> That's, I don't tell people until they know me enough. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, I do have a podcast where I overshare. Where I overshare. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we this podcast... I would be fearful if it was popular because of the things that I have said on here. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want people to come back and just shoot me in the head in the street for oh, like what I've yeah. said. You know? Yeah. <sighs> Speaking of, that will happen in Florida. Oh. Because of the yeah. fucking laws here. Um, yeah. Oh, Fuck boy. this place. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.